Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the PHNX Sun Devil podcast show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download today using code PHNX and receive $150 in free bets when you place $1 or more on any football game using the code PHNX. What's up, fam? It's Brittany Boyer. Hello, hello. Joined with me today is my co-host, Shane. What's going on, Shane? Hey, this is the first time I think you've said it's what's up, fam, when it's it's always in the it's always in the um, rundown. I know. I always put it in there and then I never actually go through with saying it. You know what? I said it on the the rundown the other day, the daily sports report. Mm. I did say it in there. And then Michaela sent me a message and was like, Sup, fam. Don't forget to say this when you're doing your sports reports. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, it's funny. My bad, fam. But yeah. Uh, so, how are you feeling right now, Shane? Have you recovered at all since yeah. the loss? Are you? I'm a lot. I'm a lot less depressed. Um, Is your soul healed a little bit? Yeah. Somebody, I saw somebody comment on our on the YouTube video, and they said, um, they said the the guy seems very unenthusiastic. I, I was saw ve- that. I was very enthusiastic. I mean, well, I don't know how to put it. I wasn't. I I, I mean, I'm I'm enthused by being on a show and talking. Um, I was a little sad, um, but you always have my full uh, attention and energy. So don't confuse um, monotone and a stoic voice for somebody who doesn't care because I uh, clearly do. Yeah. You know, that was a tough loss to deal with, too, Um, just in terms of how frustrating it was to watch because it was like wanting to pound your head into a brick wall because it was almost as if that would be less painful and an easier way out than having to watch the end of the game and be forced to watch it, you know? And then you hear uh, the the injury to the defensive end, Treves Moore, who's out for the rest of the year with a season-ending knee injury. You hate to hear things like that. He was uh, going to have a big impact on the ASU defense this year. So, you know, that's just another blow. And just in hindsight, it's like those four hours were – Literally a nightmare in Provo. Yeah, I um, as I said on the um, on our live post game show, um, I would have much rather seen the Sun Devils just get outplayed and just get killed, because frankly that would have been easier to stomach than beating um, themselves. It it, it it was truly ASU versus ASU, and that's just not that fun to to realize and take in after a after a loss to a top 25 team that frankly, the Sun Devils definitely should have been definitely more talented than them. 
Yeah, and, you know, Herm was saying in the press conference after the game about the penalties and how uh, that's on him, and then the players are going back and forth on Twitter saying, no, it's not on coach, that's on us, we're not going to do that again. And it's like, okay, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? Like, you, you, you fooled us once when you said that it was on you guys and the, the players and such, and like, oh, we're not going to do it again. And then at what point it's like, okay, it's the players, but it's also the coaches. Like there's just a lack of like the coaches actually making the players be disciplined and forcing them to follow the rules. You know, if you, Hey, if you jump off sides and practice, guess what? You got to go do however many like suicide runs uh, mm-hmm. you have to do extra conditioning sets, whatever it is. But you know, there has to be some sort of discipline that's enacted because th- that is just, that was the sloppiest game in terms of penalties, and I mean, it might not have been as many yards as what they had given up in the game against Southern Utah opening up the season. Yeah. But still, it was the most number of penalties since 2006, and it just cannot happen. It cannot yeah. happen, especially when it's not like it's a out-of-the-blue type of thing. This is a this is an issue that people have seen on display now two out of the last three weeks. Yeah, the, it's funny. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Uh, fool me, what was it, 20 times? Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> it, 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 it just can't happen. Um, yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't fun to watch whatsoever. Um, there were a couple fun moments, but as a whole, uh, it, everything was just kind of sour. Um, and yeah, the, it, 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 it's on everybody. Um, don't they, they shouldn't try to shift the blame toward the, themselves or or Herm shouldn't try to shift the blame toward himself. Um, everybody should say this is this is all of our fault. This is everybody's fault on this team um, because it is. It's a team effort. It's a coaching effort. It's a problem. And um, as you said, it needs to be addressed. And I'm sure it was addressed after week one, but it's week. It's going into week four. And um, a Colorado team that didn't score a single point last week is is going to be um, is going to be fired up for Saturday. Oh, 100%. And the offense, I mean, we talked about Jaden Daniels looking better in terms of his movement, mm-hmm. his his patience, um, but then he still struggled with those two interceptions. But I do put some of that on the receivers. Um, the, the one by Her- Curtis Hodges was really his own fault. Yeah. That was basically batted up into the air and popped right into BYU's hands. Um, that one for certain is one of them, but you know, the four turnovers is, is key too and moving forward and looking at that and just, that is something that you cannot have. That is a chance for the other team to score 28 points. If your defense cannot stop them, that's like, that's like a four touchdown. Like I, I just can't fathom that in terms of how many possessions that you would get in a normal game. Like how many, it's probably like what? Seven. Eight, you're gonna give away half of your possessions in the game. You're already outplaying yourself right there. So you know you put that in, uh, in in terms of factor that in with the penalties, and there is no way that you are going to be able to get something going offensively and realistically come out on top. Like things, they they have got to make some changes. I don't know if they need a reality check, if this team's like riding too high right now and thinking too highly of themselves. And it's like, hey, listen, there's still a lot of work to be done. You guys still have to prove yourselves to a lot of people. And, oh, hey, by the way, no one thinks that the pack is good. 
So not only do you have to prove to everybody in the pack that you're the best in the pack, you have to prove to the rest of the country that you're not just like mediocre, decent, good because you're at the top of the pack. Because the pack we all know is such a toss up. Yeah, and, and I bet people forget that we spotted um um or that the the that the, they spotted uh BYU seven points to start the game. Um, they, yeah. BYU had a seven point lead basically at kickoff. And yeah, it was watching that game was almost the equivalent of watching how U of A started last year's territorial mm-hmm. cup. Yep. Just a complete train wreck from the very moment of kickoff. Um, and granted, the outcome wasn't nearly as bad, but you know, just seeing that fumble right out the gate by Gordon Porter, um, and then you know. They're up. BYU is up on ASU seven to nothing with what fourteen thirty left in the first quarter. Uh-huh. Um, that's not good or ideal, um, obviously. And it just makes me think of how hard I laughed at ASU coming out the gate against U of A. Like they just looked so dominant, and I wasn't expecting it. And then it was almost like ASU got slapped in the face, and it was like karma. Yeah. For sure, this this team, as we profiled at the start of the week before of the start of BYU week, um, it you couldn't get off to you can't get off to a slow start, and that was the slow start that they got off to. Um, well, that was were, one they, thing. Literally, the three things that we said were the keys were all things that they just were like, "What trash? Okay, we won't break. Nope, don't even worry about that." <laughs> it's like, okay, can't get off to a slow start. What they do? defensively got off to a slow start because what one of the other keys reduced the number of turnovers uh you turn the ball over on the kickoff so you turn the ball over on the kickoff and then you also uh are sleepwalking through the beginning of the game so there's two of the three keys and the Mm. penalties were absolutely insane so that's three of them they did absolutely nothing to win that game asu did not deserve to win that game asu didn't look like they wanted to win that game no um but we did touch a lot on it um and got that those feelings out um right after the game so let's let's uh let's look forward to colorado let's put this behind us um and um uh hopefully that uh, this devils team doesn't give us a reason to bring up penalties or slow starts or turnovers again but i have a feeling they might um so let's 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 talk a little bit about what we expect to see uh colorado we won't go too in depth because um we'll have way more to talk about on our live shows um, well, let's let our viewer, our listeners, I can't say our viewers per se today yeah. because we're not on camera, but uh, let's let our listeners know what we do have in store for them later on this week before we preview mm-hmm. Colorado a little bit. So our uh, partners and our our daddies almost over at the DNVR are going to do a crossover episode with us here at the PHNX for um, the ASU Colorado game this upcoming weekend. And we are so excited to have them come on and join our show and get to interact with them and, you know, have them bring their insight on the buffs and we bring our insight on the devils and, you know, kind of just shoot the shit with them and have a little fun. I think it'll be a a great time. It'll be a really fun week leading up to the game because not only will we just be talking football and, um, and random shit, we're going to, we have some fun content ideas planned and, um, yeah, uh, just, 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 uh, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week. A hundred percent. Um, it's going to be really exciting. Also, tomorrow on the show, we're going to be having uh, Brian uh, Bermuda, the Bermuda Grass 
man, I believe his last name is Johnson from uh, ASU Athletics, who does all of the uh, Sun Devil football field maintenance and keeps the field looking fresh for every single game. He's going to be joining us tomorrow talking about, you know, how he gets his creative juices flowing for all of his ideas, how he is able to get them actually put out onto the field and do it in just such a short amount of time sometimes with those uh, really quick turnaround weeks or, uh, you know, in the fall. Sometimes they have the state championship games that come to play in the in Sun Devil Stadium and uh, kind of throws things off for them. So, you know, we're going to talk to him about how he keeps the grass looking so nice and how he's actually gotten to do some artwork at Super Bowls and such. So he's going to be a great person to join us, preview a little bit about about what he has in store for this upcoming weekend when they preview, or I should say when they debut their new gold jerseys. Um, mm-hmm. Those throwback jerseys are sick. If anyone so saw, sick. I wore it on the opening day of our show. Um, they look great, but we're going to get into that later in the week, probably on Friday. We'll bring it up on Thursday, which is going to be a new segment we do this Thursday, but we're really going to get in depth and talk about it on Friday. Bring it I'm into all- the studio. I'm a little nervous for uh, for Jersey Day. I don't have the biggest uh, repertoire, so I'm gonna have to go find some stuff. I mean, I have some. I have a bunch of my old uh, like hockey jerseys. Um, I have some AS. I have like one ASU football jersey. Listen, um, it could also just be like you know what the Phoenix Suns 1976 jersey was. I'm just feeling that today, so that's gonna be my Jersey Day pick. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I just uh. The only Suns jersey I have is a is a is a youth medium signed by yeah, but Steve. You don't have Nash. to wear it. You can just be like, "That's my pick of the day." You know what? Okay. I really like that jersey, right. and I just want to bring it back. But what if to What attention. if I did wear it? It'd be like a crop top. Would that be cool? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I like uh, it. I like it. I think we should roll with it. <laughs> okay, um, so let's just talk like a little bit about Colorado. Um, obviously, their offense is nothing that is going to set the world on fire. No. Uh, they're, I think, averaging 14 points a game, or is less than that. Maybe they're. Their 14 offensive points total. depth. It's. I'm not sure what. Uh, it's got to be less than that because they. They put up what 35 against Northern no, Colorado. Yeah, they're 14 they points a game. Zero, 10. zero, seven, and 14. So or zero, seven, and 35. So it's yeah, yeah four, 14 points a game. Um, oh uh, not a lot down. of there you go. not a lot of yards. Uh, and. Um, we're only five days away uh, from kickoff, um, but I'm I, I I'm not very worried because uh, I feel like BYU was a, was a lot better than a lot of people expected, uh, and we definitely should have won. Um, or they definitely should have won that game. So uh, I think we're favored by fourteen. I think it was the opening line I saw, um, which I think is fair, um, and I think we should be at full strength. Um, going into the game, I, re- I think that uh, that um, there aren't any other injuries that they that we know about besides, um, you know, um, what, what, Ray is more. Thank you out for the season, and then Chase Lucas. I'm still uh, not yeah, sure if he's concussion going to be protocol, back. Probably. They haven't said anything, um, but I think Colorado has a good defense. I think their offense is severely lacking. I think even with a weakened starting defense for Arizona State, they still will be all right against Colorado. Uh, My concern is Arizona State's really offense and the number of penalties that they rack up for just false starts and 
you know, stupid things. Yeah, the, the biggest thing is they can't shoot themselves in the foot again. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, that I think, really is going to be it. Yeah, I ASU think they, should win this game. I yeah. I personally think that this game is not going to be nearly as much of a test as BYU was. I think that this is going to be a little bit of a week for them to kind of uh, regroup, recover, and get their ducks in a row before they hit the road to go to UCLA and then follow it up with Utah because I think those two teams are both uh, – in the same boat as ASU, they know that they're good. They know they have talent, and then they lost team uh, lost games that they should not have lost. And they're going to be hungry and looking for a win, and they are going to want that win against ASU. And they 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 know that it, it doesn't take much to get them to bite and jump off sides. Um, you know, they know they're a penalty ridden team, yeah. and they're going to do their best to get ASU to, you know get those flags flying. The thing that kind of sucks about this game is it's almost a lose-lose because the, the Devils are at home um, and they should win this game. Uh, but if they do win this game, it doesn't really tell us anything because they're at home um, and they showed us that they can't play in a hostile environment without it showing. And it it totally showed um, in Provo that they oh, 100%. were either intimidated or they couldn't hear the snap count. Um, so we'll, they'll have that on their side uh, on Saturday. But um, winning here doesn't doesn't get me super excited, and losing here would be devastating. So Losing lose here lose. definitely would be more detrimental than winning, but I th still think that no yeah. matter the outcome, it is going to – it will tell you at least a little bit about the team. If, if they lose, it will tell you a lot more, though. But I think if yeah. they win and if they clean things up, at least if they clean things up penalty-wise – and, you know, they reduce the number of turnovers. Even that shows you an improvement. Uh -huh. Well, so. speaking of um, penalties, um, let's get to our question of the day um, that we'll be posting on Twitter. Did you already post it or are you posting it uh, tonight after the podcast goes live? Um, I'm going to post it after we are done with the podcast. So by the time you guys are listening to it right now, you'll be able to find it. Cool. Um, our question of the day is, in your opinion, were the number of turnovers or penalties in the game against BYU more concerning? Um, personally, my take on this is uh, the number of turnovers because I think spotting them seven points right out the gate was a tough one to come back from. Really? Um, yes. I mean, the, the, the penalties were bad, yes, but um, – the, the turnovers are more concerning in my opinion because that's been more of a continued issue that I personally have noticed has spanned back to about 2019, mid-2019. I specifically remember the game where it, it started occurring to me that there were a lot of fumbles, and uh, it was 2019 when ASU was on the road at Oregon State. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going on the side of penalties. Um, turnovers are not fun. They ruin your game. Um, they can be a drive killer. I mean, clearly they're drive killers. Penalties are drive killers. But um, turnovers can be game killers, essentially. And it, it, it hurts and it sucks. But when you have this many penalties, if we had like if, – if, if ASU had six turnovers, then that then, yeah, that's a, that might be a little more. But this is, this is just insane, the amount of penalties that they've – um, that they've committed in the last like three games, um, and I think I think the penalties if they don't get cleaned up, this ASU team is is never gonna be uh, stop beating themselves. So I say penalties for sure. But we'd love we'd love to hear you guys' take. Yep. Um, vote, vote on the poll and also respond. 
Um, and uh, yeah, let us know on Twitter. Yeah. And it uh, also leading up to this game, you know, I didn't bet any money on the ASU game. Kind of glad I didn't bet any money on the ASU game. But oh, I'm interested dude. in seeing what the line is going to be for this game. Yeah, it opened up at 14. So um, I bet it moves a little bit. I bet it moves in Colorado's favor, actually. I bet the public is going to be on Colorado. Um, but I bet the Sharps, the expert bettors, as they call themselves, are probably going to be on ASU just because they did beat themselves. Um, yeah. They are the better team. But I think the line will move down. Um, so that's something to look out for. I say if it's under 14, I might touch it a little bit just because I think ASU – I mean, ASU definitely is a, better than this Colorado team by two touchdowns. Um, so if it's not more than 13, I'd, I'd probably take a, take the spread for ASU on it. But those odds um, will be courtesy of DraftKings mm-hmm. when, um, when, we, uh, when they open up and uh, – uh, I'm on that betting show uh, Monday through Friday from 12, and we're actually going to be starting to release these um, betting one-on-one. So if you're not really into betting um, or you want to get into it and you don't know how and you don't know what to do, definitely give DraftKings a shot. You know, um, mm-hmm. It's not only good for college football, but it's also the official betting partner of the NFL. And right now you can bet just $1 on any football game this week, and you get $150 free uh, in free bets instantly no matter what using code uh, PHNX. Um, one thing that you will need to learn are the types of bets you can make. And they have these awesome things called same game parlays, um, which I have been doing a lot. They're super fun, super easy to learn. Um, basically, if you They're don't know super, what par- super fun, if you hit, yeah, if you don't know what a parlay is, it's when you combine multiple picks, um, together to make, um, like the odds bigger. Um, so a same game parlay is multiple bets in the same game. Um, so for example, it would be, you bet ASU spread minus 14 and then you bet the over whatever the over total is. And then you, you can combine those two only, or you could also bet like, um, the offense to score this many points in the first half, um, all that and all the odds combined. Um, so they have awesome same game parlays, um, they can, uh, place in the same game to make bigger payouts. Um, and, uh, this week, if you place the same game parlay on any NFL game, um, you'll be credited up to $25 and if your bet loses. So it's uh, you got some insurance there. Um, so download that app now. Use promo code PHNX to receive $150 in free bets instantly when you bet just $1 on any NFL game. Um, promo code PHNX. Use that ish. Um, it's DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Love me some DraftKings, baby. Yeah, dude. I won like – I made good money this weekend on DraftKings. I made like 150 bucks over the weekend. So Love it. Heck yeah. I know I – for some I of our listeners, of I screenshotted and posted my winnings from the Fresno State mm-hmm. game against Slight UCLA. Flex. That was a good one. And I want some money on the Cardinals game. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, speaking of the Cardinals, hmm? speaking, of, speaking of the Cardinals, did you see the shirt that we dropped yesterday? Yeah, the shirt is pretty awesome. If you guys haven't seen it, make sure you check it out. And also make sure if you have, well, if you haven't seen it and you're interested, you can always go to go PHNX. We have everything over there. Um, also it's our locker room has everything, all of our shirts, um, and merchandise, but, if you're interested in our articles, we have a ton of articles that are put on there. I'm actually right now in the process of working with our uh, content director 
And uh, getting something mapped out is going to be a little bit of a, uh, I guess it would be called a series of sorts, where it's going to be like a, uh, every couple of days we drop a story because it's all related to one general topic, but it's a huge, huge topic to cover. And I don't know if I want to release it yet. Because I think it's a great thing. Uh-huh. I'm a little worried someone else might steal it. Yeah. But um, it's something I've been brainstorming and thinking about for a long time. But we have a lot of content on there that's really awesome. You know, things are calming down finally. Shane and I are getting a little bit more time. So hopefully we're going to get around to doing some uh, really cool man on the street interviews. Yeah. And getting around to talking to some people. You know, and you don't just have access to ASU stuff. You have access to Phoenix Suns coverage, Cardinals coverage, Coyotes coverage. Um, our... PHNX Daily Sports Report, um, the all-encompassing PHNX Sports Report that is uh, more than once a week. Uh, there's tons of stuff that you have access to when you sign up. You also have access to our special members lounge and Discord, and you know you get to chat with us a little bit more in depth, and you get invited to some of our special events and really become a part of our family. So we welcome you to come over, check it out, and uh, if you really like what we have going on and want to support us, we would love it if you signed up. Yeah, and right now there's a deal of the week going on for shirts, so I know I can't really decide on which ones I want. So if you're a member, um, you can go over there and you can get uh, buy one get one free. It's for, for all subscribers and then right now. Give buy your one free shirt. shirt to Shane. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give, <laughs> give me. I, I need them clearly. Um, we got two Cardinals shirts now. Um, got the Suns one. Got the all PHNX uh, brand shirt. That is probably my favorite one now. I think. Um, the Diamondbacks one, the Coyotes one, the biggest selling one is the Coyotes. So yeah, head over to the, um, PHNX locker. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a phnxlocker.com. Um, and check them out, um, subscribe and yeah, uh, there's some really good content coming your way, boys and girls. And yeah. Yeah. So we want to talk about every Sun Devil athletic sport on campus, not just football, so mm-hmm. let's move on and talk a little bit about Sun Devil Men's Golf, give you a little update on them. So, you know, first week of 2021 was a really, really good week for them. You know, it's crazy to think that last week on a Sunday night, they were in Texas sitting in a hotel room, getting ready for this really long week of two tournaments. And then seven days later, they've gone 3000 miles around the country and played in six golf I don't know if it what was it called rounds, six rounds of golf. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think it's actually insane. But um, individually over the weekend, um, they well, actually, I should say, so they played in the Fighting Illinois Invitational on Sunday, and individually, ASU had two ties for second. So David Puig tied for second, and Cameron Sisk. So they both finished at two under two oh eight. Um, and then Mason Anderson posted five over 215, but ASU almost won the tournament. They were set like uh, they, they they came in second, but it was a really, really close one. And, you know, they're, they're just off to a really strong start this season. You love to see it. It's one of those uh, sports that really does not get very much attention, but ASU has had a long dominant history in that sport. John Rahm, um, uh, Phil Mickelson, you know, there's so many great golfers. I can't speak English, apparently. <laughs> golfers that have come out of Arizona State or passed through Arizona State. And it's just, I don't know why people don't pay more attention to some of the sports like that that are on campus because they're so easily accessible. But then they'll pay hundreds of dollars to get tickets to the PGA tournament when these guys actually make it. And they could just, mm-hmm. they could see them play in college. 
Don't forget my boy Paul Casey. He's been balling lately. AC grad. Um, uh, yeah, golf is golf is really fun. Um, as I've mentioned this on the podcast, so I won't touch on it too much. But it's really those, those events are really fun for the, the collegiate wise. Uh, PGA Tour is great and all with all the talent, but um, the collegiate golf is really fun. Um, another sport that we touched on before that um, we have a fun update from is the triathlon and the duel in the desert. Um, ASU took first in that. They um, did. So they is, absolutely just destroyed which, on Saturday. Uh, they took first place. You know, they beat San Francisco and South Dakota um, by over a minute in the the total team results. And, you know, it was just a great way to open up the season for them. People always make fun of me when I say this, but ASU is a triathlon school. They really are great at it. I don't know why people don't pay more attention to it. Um, they are great athletes, like we talked about. I would not be able to do what they yeah. do. Who cares so, if they won? They finished a triathlon, and they yeah. do this multiple times. I know. So props to them, man. Hats off to the Sun Devil Triathlon team on opening up your season with a win. Best of luck in the next competition. I know it's not for a couple weeks. Thankfully, you guys have some time to rest, yeah. recover. I know you probably need it after everything you just put your body through. Um, I know I would need it like two years. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, good for them first in Duel in the Desert. Also, ASU soccer advanced to 8-1 and one on the season. That's a great start for them. They were yep. on the road at Colorado College over the weekend. It was tied 0-0 at the half. We were talking about that on Friday mm-hmm. when we were on the show. Uh, rolling in they were to the second half, they were able to score the one and only goal of the game to get the victory. And, you know, they come home this week and prepare to get ready to start the Pac-12 slate. And they uh, have their first game again in the Pac-12 conference against Washington on the road on Friday. So big game for them and a big a big road test against Washington. Um, yep. And um, and uh we get some more U of A action coming up soon with volleyball opening their uh, Pac-12 play against U of A. Um, yes. That's on Thursday, I believe. They um, do. They do. They open their Pac-12 play against U of A on Thursday at 6 o'clock. It's at Desert Financial Arena. U of A is coming into uh, the game with an 8-3 and three record. I believe uh, ASU is 7-3 and three at this point, or maybe they're 7-4. and four. Um so, you know, pretty equally close record. I think it might be one of the more evenly matched games that we've had in recent years between the two teams. And I think it's going to be an exciting one to watch. I think there will be quite a bit of student support for this uh, this game because anytime it's a rivalry game, it does draw a bit more fan attention from students. So, you know, sure. even if you can't make it out there, I'm sure you can catch it on Pac-12 Network. Pac-12 uh, live somewhere. I don't have Pac-12 network, so I'm gonna try and catch it somewhere. But yeah, make sure you uh, show out, show up, support the volleyball team for that one because that's gonna be uh, a big one if you're a Sun Devils fan. Do you ever, uh, do you ever play volleyball like recreationally with any of your friends? I'm really bad at it, but yes. I love playing, and it. it was so fun. There was a, there's just a bunch of uh, sand volleyball courts all over Ooh. the Scottsdale area. It's, it's so fun. It's hard, but it's really okay. fun. Okay, so. Saul wants us to organize like a group outing. So for those who are listening and don't know who that is, Saul's one of our coworkers slash our boss. And he wants us to organize like a weekly group outing. That's like an exercise activity. And that would be a really, really fun one for us to go do as a whole group. Yeah. There was this, um, at my old apartment complex in old town, there was a volleyball court, sand volleyball court right outside my balcony in like the middle of the complex. And so there's this group that would always go out and play. 
And sometimes we'd like just look out of our balcony and me and my friends would bet on that. <laughs> like this was, this is actually really funny. This is during peak quarantine. Mm-hmm. And so there, there was no sports, so there's nothing to gamble on. Um, so so we, we made our own wagers. So we'd bet on like the recreational uh, volleyball going outside of my apartment. Um, I heard and- people were betting on like, cornhole tournaments and stuff like dude we would we, we would we would uh let make the computer play each other in madden and watch it and play and bet on it and it was okay. it was a low point so the world realistically was only like fully shut down and like everyone was scared of everything and no one did anything for like what five weeks maybe and let's say a little bit longer than that maybe six i don't know i felt like <laughs> People started coming back out of like hiding probably like it was mid-March to like the beginning of June. And then people started coming back out again. So I feel like it was like what, two and a half months. But that those two and a half months felt like a year. And when you think back to it, I feel like it was so long ago. But yet it was like so close that it, it really wasn't that long ago. I don't know. I just feel like I'm like tripping when I try and think about it. Yeah. It just was like such a weird point in time it was like being alive but being dead it was like purgatory yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to i i, I don't want to harp on this because i know how many how much how much pandemic talk everyone's heard but my pandemic story for when it first started i was on uh, fall break with my buddy ransom in uh in la and um there was like i mean everyone knew that it was already in the states and nobody knew how bad everyone kind of assumed it was going to get kind of Wait, bad but no nope. spring break or fall break uh, fall break, um, or spring break. Yeah. Spring break. Spring That's break. Sorry. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was March like 15th or no, it was March 10th when we got there. And then March 12th was the day that Rudy Gobert got in and then the NBA shut down and you're like, Oh shit, this is going to get crazy. We went to universal studios that day and like two days later it closed and everything shut down. And I, I, I it was, it was crazy. It was such a surreal moment. And then, you know, you go home and Everything is gone. Every, everyone's gone. You just quarantine. Yeah, it was it was, it was depressing. Oh um, uh, well, I know myself and quite a few other ASU fans were planning to literally leave Arizona to make the drive to Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament, uh-huh. uh, like the next day, either that day or the next day, and everything shut down. And I was like, "Cool, this would happen on the year ASU is supposed to be good in basketball." So here we are. Hmm. Well, let's um let's wrap it up. We got one more thing to talk about, and that is the chatter that has come and gone multiple times um, about the Coyotes coming to Tempe, and um, it seems like there's some cr- concrete evidence behind it this time. There's there's plans set in motion. Um, they seem confident that it's going to happen, but <clears throat> but they did two years ago as well. So, what what's your take on this? Uh, do you think it's a real thing or do you think it's going to fall apart again? No, I think it's a real thing. I think um, the new owner that has bought the Coyotes is serious <laughs> about uh, moving him somewhere that's more easily accessible. Uh-huh. I saw a statistic somewhere that um, actually a very, very large majority of the season ticket holders back in the day uh, lived on the east side of town. And so they showed the percentage drop off of season ticket holders when they moved from downtown Phoenix to Glendale and how many people didn't renew their season tickets. And um, so I think they took that into account when trying to decide on where to build um, somewhere new, you know, downtown Phoenix is 
still a great location, but I think that they also want something that's a little bit more of their own that they don't necessarily have to share with someone else. And there's not anywhere to build in downtown Phoenix, something that large. So then you have to start looking at, well, where else can we build that's affordable? That's uh, somewhere easily accessible. That's on uh, this side of town that offers X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I think ASU has a lot of really good things in terms of what they're looking for. However, I also will argue that ASU and Tempe is a terrible place because let's not bring more traffic to an area that already cannot handle the amount of traffic that you have going in and out of there on a daily basis. And then also additionally make things even worse by like redirecting traffic around there for however long. Um, I just don't necessarily like the location that they are choosing yeah. for this. I think that there's other locations um, that are in the general area of like the South Scottsdale area. That would be equally a great place to build or even just a little bit further over. And I know it sounds weird, but like Mesa. Um, but the problem with Mesa is I feel like a lot of people don't want to go to Mesa because even though parts of Mesa are nice, they have that uh, the tie of like, well, parts of Mesa suck. Yeah. So people yeah. are gonna only think of the the terrible parts when they think of that. So um, and I also don't necessarily think that going to North Scottsdale is good either, because I think yeah. if you go to North Scottsdale, it eliminates a lot of people who live further in the East Valley because they're not gonna want to drive that far. Yeah. So I guess realistically, when you think of um the logistics of where to put a team, Tempe is more or less turning into the epicenter of the valley. Um, I feel like it's shifted a little bit more east away from downtown Phoenix and uh, Tempe is right on that path. Um, I think the demographics of Tempe have changed. Um, and I don't necessarily think it would be a bad thing. I think it would be a good thing for Tempe in a lot of ways. My only concern is how it affects um, the traffic around there. Yeah, the the argument that has been um, uh, used against the Coyotes for so long is um, – well, the Cardinals are out there, and they 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 do fine, but they play sixteen games um, a whole hard- year, and eight of them are away. Yeah, it, or yeah, it, yeah, ex- exactly. There's eight of them, <laughs> um, and for for the Coyotes, it's there, there's forty one home games, and it's it's a less popular sport against the most popular sport in the U.S. So, for me, I always thought it was just kind of a weird idea to put it out there. That I, I think a lot of the the idea behind the Westgate area was that Westgate was supposed to become, you know, the next big, you know, um, place to be and entertainment mm-hmm. district. And it just never has become that. I um, feel like part of that was also in turn of, you know, the housing market crash because yeah, for um, sure. if I'm not mistaken, I want to say that the Cardinals stadium opened in what, like 2005, 2006 so they had maybe like three years in there before the housing market really took a shit and so that whole area was kind of sort of on the up and coming and then everything around there stopped because so many houses were bought up as investment properties and so i think it really kind of derailed what the whole community had had planned for that area and a lot of it kind of fell into distress in a way um and so here we are now at this point in time and and the coyotes are saying well this wasn't necessarily a good idea but um i really was too young to necessarily know why they originally left downtown phoenix to begin with because in my personal opinion i don't understand why the cardinals didn't build in downtown phoenix back in the day because there was 
more space back then for them to build a large stadium. And I, I think it just makes sense. Like, you know, you go to a place like Houston and they have all of their sporting events and all of their um, venues all within one vicinity. Um, a lot of places have that. And I think it's nice. I think it's easy, especially if you have public transit that goes in and out. Um, and I think it just makes it easier in terms of uh, the city figuring out parking and getting a flow going down in. Phoenix just cannot seem to get their shit together with that. Hmm. And it's never going to be as bad as uh, Tucson because Phoenix wasn't a city that was not planned for. Like if you've ever been to Tucson, I'm sure you've been to Tucson, you know, it's a city yeah. that was never planned for. So that growth, you know, the, the roads don't necessarily all make sense. They're, yeah. they're wonky, but Phoenix doesn't have that. So why they don't plan for things like this, like, Hey, that's what the uh, grid system's for. <laughs> sporting commissioners and like owners, athletic team owners. Can we think this one through a little bit on term, like in terms of like what the long term goal is here? Because long term, the goal never could have always been like, hey, we're just going to keep moving west. Like yeah. that was the goal in like the 1940s when it was like the gold rush and everyone wanted to go to west to California. Like no uh, one right now wants to keep really moving west in Phoenix. I mean, it's not a bad place, but for the <laughs> yeah, sporting know, events, like to, to argue to move them further west for the sporting venues, like, no, that's stupid. Yeah, you have I, to at least move them more to a centrally located area. Yeah, and I think I, that's the main argument with everything. I, I think the the Coyotes being in Tempe will not only obviously create or create a more um, tight crowd because the stadium would be a little bit smaller, but it would also get more fans and more passionate. And even oh, if you're 100%. just drunk, drunk college student fans, it'll it'll be louder. Um, oh, because so there are so many fans that from – oh, I should say there are so many NHL fans from out of state that attend Arizona State University and want mm -hmm. to watch hockey and just cannot yeah. find a place to go or getting down to where the Coyotes play is just so hard to get planned out and figured out that it, it's almost not worth going, especially you know if you are going to take an Uber and then you buy tickets and then you want to get a beverage while you're there, yeah. like even just a water. Like it's it's a ridiculous amount of money. So if it's somewhere close like this that students can ride a bird scooter to, um, and then they have student ticket nights because I'm sure that they would offer that. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, you see that, and you have to think that it, it it is going to help make Phoenix more of a hockey town, mm -hmm. which sounds really weird. But I'm I'm really surprised that the culture here isn't a little bit stronger because of how many people from the Midwest actually come out here well, and settle. Well, the people that do are diehard, um, for sure. Um, and a lot of them are diehard, not only for the Coyotes, but also our guy Craig Morgan. He's got what we call his minions um, that back him. Mm -hmm. um, and so, speaking of Craig, if you want to follow more on the Coyotes uh, move or the Kachina thing that just came out today. They're doing the whites, the, the away jerseys are back to the Kachinas. That's their main primary logo. Um, it's it's like the worst kept secret. Everyone kind of knew that was going to come, but um, they're going to start and wearing I the Kachina like jerseys. That. I love them. Oh my God, they're so sweet. I but like yeah. the Kachina. <clears throat> like, I almost feel like an old school person because I'm like, I like the Kachina stuff better. I like the old Diamondback stuff better. I like Sparky the Sun Devil better. Yeah. I like the Wildcats classic look better. Like I like, well, I'm sure. not going to lie though. I do. Okay. The sun's throwback ones with like the ball that comes across. It's like the sun fireball. And it says, you, sun you don't like the, you don't like that one. 
No, I love that one. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I do like that one, but I also love the Valley jerseys. I think those are sick. Too. Yeah, yeah. I can't go like either way with the Suns. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit torn on that one. And but, the Cardinals have always just had a very classic look, like yeah. boring look. So yeah. yeah. If you want to, if you want to follow more up on that, uh, go to gophnx.com. Craig's got some really good stuff. Also, if you could follow him on Twitter at Craig S. Morgan, um, he's got some really good stuff on um, not only the Coyotes, um, but just hockey in general. Um, and he's doing the Sun Devil hockey for us because, um, I mean, well, we could do hockey coverage for you. Who's better than the in-house expert? Exactly. He's yep. honestly going to give you better insight than we yeah, would. Yeah, we'll, once the, the season part, gets so. gets more um, <clears throat> gets underway, we'll we'll get him on um, here for a little bit too and uh, have him talk about it a little bit. But other than that, um, I think that'll do it for this one. Um, we'll be back live tomorrow with uh, Brian Johnson, as we mentioned earlier. Um, so make sure to join. we got a fun week planned. Um, keep your eyes out on social media for all the stuff we'll be doing with DNVR. And um, Brittany, anything else? No, that's all. I'm super excited for this upcoming week. I think it's going to be a really fun week of content. For sure, for sure. All right, guys. Well, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Bye.